Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Um, Before we get moving on today's podcast, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at the www.audibletrial.com slash sobriety. Uh, Audible, where you can find over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, and... Remember, if you've already signed up for a free trial in the past and it's been over a year, you can cancel that, go back, re-sign up, and use the forward slash sobriety and get another free audiobook download, and we'll get a little bit on the back end. So, uh, you know, if you feel like doing that, please do. Uh, And another uh, org that we have an agreement with here is online-therapy.com. OnlineTherapy.com is a dedicated online-based team of consultant therapists, cognitive behavioral therapists, practitioners, and support staff that collaboratively work to help people in need of emotional support. So please go to online-therapy.com and use the code eavesdrop or sobriety. I'm not clear which one. Try them both. And you'll get, I believe, 20% off your first session and we'll get a little bit of scratch as well. Um, so yeah, please take advantage of those two, um, uh, specials or, or agreements we've got with those businesses, um, cause we could use it here at eavesdrop. Um, but now on to today's podcast. Um, today's podcast is a conversation with, um, someone that I've, I guess I realized I've never actually met in real life and in, in human life, but, uh, I've known online for a few years now. Um, she's somebody I've known through the comedy world, uh, a subset of the vast, vast, vast array of things I do with my time in my life. Uh, one of which is comedy and, um, comedy production and, and whatever. Uh, so I've known her for a few years and, and I was interested in talking with her already, but with the current, Mm, you know, stay at homes, social distancing, uh, depending on where you are, maybe even like borderline quarantines going on. Uh, I felt like this would be an especially apt time to, um, you know, buckle down and have a conversation with her because she is living in the Czech Republic and has lived there for a couple of years now. And I've followed through social media that things have been much more harsh conditions in terms of stay at home, quarantine, you know, uh, stay in indoors kind of demands on the people in her in her neck of the woods and in Europe in general things have been um well they've been a lot worse than they have here I'm guessing they're just um you know a month ahead of us or a few weeks ahead of us in terms of the impact but anyway I wanted to um hear what she had to to share about that aspect and you know it touches on all of us right now especially struggling uh, or not, I suppose, but for the most part, most of us would describe this as a struggle to maintain our sanity and in a lot of cases maintain our sobriety and our recovery while we're in this uh, pandemic unknown. Um, Oh, and a quick comment on the sound quality of today's episode. I did my best. Uh, I recorded the conversation through the Zoom application, and, and it got a little bit um, weird and echoey and, and reverbery, and so I, I did my best to clean it up, but there's only so much production time I'm going to put into this, you guys, I'll be honest. But uh, yeah, please uh, enjoy this conversation I had with Liz D. I'll wake up when I'm 
Um, it's been good. I uh, I put on my bandana as a mask today and went uh, to procure supplies. To procure what? I've been calling so, it. Oh, uh, groceries. <laughs> uh, um, and I think I've been trying to do that at least. Uh, once on the weekend and once during the week and so far it's been okay wait uh, so you you literally can't leave the house uh or your, right your, your apartment yeah oh my so, so i'm in a situation where we're getting our quarantine like extended every week so we have to kind of i guess listen for announcements from the government to see if it's going to be extended and how serious it actually is um so we basically have something in place called a uh, restriction of quote unquote freedom of movement. <laughs> right. Uh, meaning like I can go out for essential things. Like I can go to the grocery store, the bank or the post office um, or work. If that's what my job wants me to do. Right. Um, otherwise I am at home. Uh, and since I'm working from home, I have been home a lot. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, well, yeah. then I'll, I'll I'll tone back on my whining because I can at least you know, go f- <laughs> I can go for a jog if I feel like it. Yeah, yeah. There's they've been um, like the cops have been stopping people if like you're kind of just out by yourself. Like they have a right now to stop you and ask like where you're going and what are you doing. <sighs> and obviously, if you have a dog and you're outside, like that's kind of it's okay. obvious like people yeah like it's like you kind of have to take your dog outside but if you're outside just for just for the hell of it they don't really like that huh like people to go home <laughs> sure yeah. well and and like because uh, uh, t- where are you exactly tell us tell us where you are liz physically located <laughs> Um, I am in Brno, uh, Czech Republic. Um, Brno, okay. So I'm in the second biggest city. Uh, that's about, I would say, maybe 90 minutes north of Vienna. Um, okay. So I'm kind of in, I'm located in Central Europe, and I'm kind of about two to three hours away from some bigger cities like Prague and Vienna and Budapest. Um, okay. Um, among a couple other places. Um, so yeah, we were one of the few, uh, one of the last countries um, to kind of implement the quarantine here, but it seems that that's actually been pretty effective recently. So uh, yeah, if we can flatten the curve, as they say, I've been hearing, sure. uh, then that's good. <laughs> sure. So how long have you been quarantined, quarantined? Um, I am entering my third week. Oh, shit. Um, So they kind of, they didn't bring it down all at once. It kind of came in stages. Like uh, one of the things, they closed the borders. But when they say close the borders, they basically mean um, no one can just kind of freely leave and the country and come back in um, unless they have a valid reason to. Right. Um, So you you see, you didn't, you didn't try to go on a holiday right then? No. Yeah. And that was our problem was that there were so many people uh, in the Czech Republic who had recently traveled to Italy that that was our big problem. Um, That's that where a lot of that's where a lot of the ski locations are. So for this time of year, people want to go skiing. That's where they go. Um, So I think about 75 percent of the cases that we've had 
uh, were either in Italy themselves or they had contact with someone who was recently there. Yeah, they imposed, like they imposed, in, at least in my office anyway, they were saying that anyone had, that had come back from the region, like regardless if you were sick, you had to take quarantine for two weeks, like just to make sure. Yeah. And then I, by the time people had actually come back, the rest of us went on quarantine. So they said, you know, you guys can all do home office. You can work from home. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen some of my coworkers in like two months. <laughs> Far um, out. They, yeah. They were traveling and then they were quarantined and then now we're all quarantined. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been, well, it's been a little bit of, bit of a process for sure. Yeah. 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 So. Let's, let's let's jump into the uh, the sobriety stuff. How about that? How uh, yeah, what, sure. <laughs> what, what what why are you even in in you know let, let's let's do a little of the uh, you know what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now action. But uh, let's start off like what 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 brought you to Bruno in 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 the first place? I guess let's let's start there. Well, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but it's a little crazy at home. Uh, for a couple of reasons, um, but I have been uh, well. Here... Tell 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 everyone what home is for first <laughs> off. I guess home is Seattle uh, for me, so that's where I've spent most of my life. And then I lived in Minneapolis for a couple of years as well. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, it's a little crazy. Uh, um, I moved for a couple of reasons, um, and this is the one question that a lot of Czech people ask me because they literally can't believe that I left the United States to come here. It's just, they just don't get it. Like, they're like, well, but why would you leave the United States? And, <laughs> you know, like, well, we have this guy in charge and he's like, not really in charge. And uh, oh, it's shit. a little nuts. Uh, so I kind of like, I'll make fun of it, of course. But I think the, one of the primary reasons why I left was, um, I mean, I, I hate Trump. Like I hate the guy. Um, oh, first for he, real. I didn't realize it was yeah. that that one to one. I just figured it was just a, a happy coincidence for you that your work moved you or something. No, it was um, in the time in Seattle. I guess this was maybe about, I think March of 2017, so about three years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I had just lost my job. Like I got laid off. Um, I was working in furniture consignment, out of all things. Um, okay. And the, loca the location that I was working at closed. Uh, okay. So I was out of work and then went through a breakup and was like, I don't really have a reason to be here anymore. So <laughs> nice. uh, I kind of kind of started looking at the process of moving overseas. Um, and then during that time, uh, the uh, a representative moved to uh, uh, repeal Obamacare. Um, okay. And something you might not know about me is uh, I have type one diabetes. Okay. Um, so which basically means I'm insulin dependent. Uh, sure. So if I don't have insulin, like I could probably die. And I know some people might not have a lot of experience with this, but the most um, accurate depiction I can point you to is the movie Con Air. <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly the reference you're making. Yeah. Okay. okay awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of the situation. Um, that, uh, but also, it's heinously expensive um, to have diabetes now in the United States uh, if you have insurance or if you don't have insurance. Um, yeah. A couple of figures that people put out there, um, like the price of insulin has gone up, like. 5600 percent i think since I, 2001 yeah 
Um, so I you were, so you were, so you were like motivated by the 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 opportunity for uh, cheaper health healthcare. Basically, is that is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Starting, we're starting to look at countries. like a decent healthcare system, whether or not it was social or, you know, if it was just affordable for their citizens, um, right. but also how easy the access to medical care was. So there's sure. a lot of places in the world that have really good health insurance, you know, but <laughs> uh, this kind of also acts the idea of me going to places like Cambodia or Vietnam <laughs> I or see. Other places that would have been able to, I would have been able to afford it, but their level of healthcare is not where, um, I guess, what I would maybe need as someone who has. Sure. No, I, 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 I think I follow you. Um, yeah, I follow you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so wait, so this is 2017, and you're you're basically making a, a I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the right way to say it. Not, not a panic decision but I like okay this could go sideways for me real fast and so you're contemplating how to get you know take care of yourself this seems like a drastic measure I guess is what I'm saying like it feels like a, a fairly drastic um not overreactive but a drastic decision to have to make and and in 2017 uh how I mean you were only a year sober two years sober at that point at that point I had just turned three years sober oh okay well it's still fairly early in right so three years sober and uh and you're the index back so you're you're about to become um medically unsecure i guess is a way to put that and you've gone through a breakup and you've lost a job is that is that a a fair assessment yeah i would (laughs) And I guess what started to get me worried was that at, by that point, Trump had been in office for like two months. Sure. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I recall. <laughs> I don't like this. So I started kind of doing the research about what it would take for me to move overseas in terms of costs, like what uh, kind of bureaucratic visa stipulations are in place with certain countries. Right. Um, and how I landed on the Czech Republic was that I had been here before about 10 years ago um, while I was backpacking. Okay. Um, but also they have a really uh, a good exchange rate uh, for one thing. So if I brought, uh, started saving money in the U.S. and brought it over with me, um, that meant it was going to go a lot further for me uh, okay. than it would if I had been making money while I was here. Um, So one thing I did was I started doing all the research, like booked the flight. I think I, between the decision of actually going and moving, I think it was about five months um, that I had for preparations and things like that. Sure. Um, Started stockpiling insulin and supplies and that kind of thing too. So, Um, so how did that, okay. So, you know, three years into sobriety, let's, let's, let's even walk back a little further. So why, what, what even brought you? So that means your, your sobriety date is sometime in 2014, late 2013, I I guess. So Uh, my sobriety date is, uh, the 14th of February in 2015, 2015. Okay. So you were just two years sober at that point, right? Two years sober. Okay. 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 So, so what, like, I mean, let's let's go back a little further into young Liz. What was uh, why 
what, what was going on? So you said February 15th? Is that what you said? So it was like a Valentine's Day thing in 2015. It was, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up in the ER on Valentine's Day uh, oh. going through crazy withdrawals. It's not the, the reason why people assumed I was there in the first place. I had to, I had to convince a lot of people that I was okay to go home. <laughs> um, right. That I wasn't wait. just there because, yeah. So wait, what do you mean you were there for crazy withdrawals? So what, what is your chemical of choice? Uh, my chemical of choice was alcohol. So okay. I was, um, I was drinking pretty heavily, I think between 2012 and early 2015. Okay. Um, and at that time I was living in Minneapolis. Um, so it was during the winter and obviously there's, Oof. I mean, there's things to do in Minneapolis, but in, during the winter, but one of them is not go outside if you like to drink. Sure, so, <laughs> sure. Um, that was something that I was doing a lot at home. And I was also working from home at the time. Um, so I didn't really have any. I didn't have to be held accountable with anyone. Um, I was mostly just spending a lot of time at home uh, at that right. point. Um, right. And it was also during that time as well, like, I think it was at that point in my drinking, like I didn't really need a reason to drink anymore. Sure. I just kind of drank all the time, like sure. no matter and what the situation was. <laughs> yeah. And like you just said, if, if you're kind of expected to just be hanging out alone, you're going to drink alone. Of course you are. So exactly. Yeah. And of course, like anyone looking in on the situation would have been like, Hey Liz, like you have a problem. But if I don't right. see any, well, and, and you're in Minneapolis. I, I where with that information? <laughs> sure. And where, where, where is your, where's your family? Where, like, where, where is, where are your roots? Um, if uh, not Minneapolis? Most of my family is in Seattle, and then um, part of my family is also in Tucson, uh, in, in Tucson. Arizona. Sure. Okay. So, but so you're so you're isolated, isolated, right? You don't even have like a mom or a sister or whoever to come, just kind of check in, just to say hi. So. Yeah, exactly. Like I have the friends that I had made while I was there, um, sure. like some coworkers and things like that. But outside of like my nuclear, like immediate family, like, there wasn't really anyone that had that kind of position where I was at. Sure. Sure. And um, okay. So you're, so I, I mean, I'm assuming all you're saying is that you just kind of drank a drink. So what, what was going on on, valentine's did you have like well i mean was that related to a an emotional like a, a romantic thing or was that just a coincidence that you just were like valentine's day i'm all alone i'm going to use this as a reason to feel depressed and then just kind of went for it i mean how does that well work? it was it was purely coincidental um oh okay i uh my boyfriend was out of town that weekend working in uh kansas city um mm -hmm. so he was like a drive away like a, i think it's like eight hours or so something like that sure um and it was Friday, which was the 13th, I guess, of February. Um, okay. So I went over to a friend's house who I hadn't seen in a while. And she was kind of a drinking buddy who also drank as much as I did. So, again, I was keeping myself uh, involved with people who wouldn't confront me about the issues that I was having. <laughs> sure. No, I feel um, you. And uh, it was it was weird because that night, like, it was kind of just any other night. Like, we were drinking, hanging out, and playing with her cats. Um, and her roommate came home, um, and she 
decided that she did not like my presence there for whatever okay. reason. Okay. Um, and <laughs> it couldn't possibly be that you were like a dark cloud. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was, like, it, was uh, it was really weird because I had never met her before. Um, yeah. And she had also come home really drunk. So no one in this situation was capable oh, sure. of making any good decisions I, at all. I feel you. Okay. Um, oh, and uh, she's giving me this really weird look. Um, and this is kind of like where I start to black out a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. and I finally like, and I can kind of keep myself together, uh, most of the time if I've been drinking, but I tend to get really mouthy. That was kind of like my one, my one sure. thing. Like some people like text all their friends and then I just have an opinion about everything is how it got. Sure. I, I, um, I mean, I haven't, I haven't met you, but I've met you. <laughs> you <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sure. Um, and, um, so at one point, like I, I looked at her and I was like, can I like help you with something? Like, I just didn't know why she yeah. was uh, kind of, I don't know, like mean mugging me, I guess. Kind yeah. Of. I um, and at the time I was sitting down um, on the floor with one of uh, my roommate or one of my friend's cats um, who right. was in my lap. Right. And this girl lunged at me and started beating the shit out of me. What? And yeah. So she, that is not, this is not like, what I was expecting you to say. Keep going. Sorry. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like fell to my right and put my arm like above myself to kind of protect myself. Right. And so during this time, she's like, she's punching me. She bit me. <laughs> so I have a bite mark in my hand from this still. Um, and ended up like really me. It, it, oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. This sounds more than, this sounds like a, a, a meth infused fight, honestly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, sure. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure what state she came home in. Um, sure. But, but so is this is, this is what landed you in the ER then was getting uh, basically attacked by somebody you barely know or didn't even know at all. Exactly. So at one point I ended up blacking out and when I blacked back in, which is a phrase that that has happened to me a lot. Sure. um, No, me too. I I, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, I was no joke. I was covered in blood. Sure. Like, like Kill Bill, like kind of a situation where it was like, oh, what happened here? And it's still at my. Yep. Exactly. And my friend who I was with, I guess what happened was that she tried to pull this girl off of me. Um, And then during that time, she got clocked in the face as well and started bleeding all over me. Huh. So. I had blood everywhere, but like couldn't figure it out. (laughs) Sure. And so so you wind up at the... I, I so was that when you woke, woke up, up at the, the apartment, apartment or you woke up in the ER? At some point, you're in the ER as a result of all this, and then you know. So I, that sounds like a traumatizing, dramatic night. But what about it? I mean, there's not necessarily any reason to stop what you're doing just because of that. So I mean, what you know, des- describe that a little bit. Like why why was that the thing? Or, or presumably the thing that, that put you over the top there, or, or I guess put you down at the bottom. Sure. Um, 
Well, it was the next morning when I had woke, woken up um, mm-hmm. and was trying to rehash with the people I was with, like, hey, like, what happened last night? And why am I going through? And I knew it was withdrawal. Like, that's what I knew it was. It was like this really panicky, like, sweaty feeling. And normally for me, that's what uh, low blood sugar feels like for someone okay. who's diabetic. Okay. Um, but this was very different. This was like, there's something that's going to happen if I don't address what this is. Um, so, so like describe that feeling a little bit more. The, the audio is kind of peculiar. I, I missed a little bit of that. So we describe oh, it again. Uh, it's not um, your fault. Yeah. I think it's just the, the, the connection. It's um, it, it's like a really, you feel really panicky. Mm-hmm. Um, like you feel really edgy. Um, maybe like, for, for a low blood sugar thing, it's like maybe you haven't eaten in a while. Sure. Um, but this was something that was way more associated with like fear than anything else. Um, and did you, were you, were you starting to, to vibrate? Did you start to shake at all? I was starting to shake a little bit and I was sweating like uncontrollably. Sure. And that's where I knew something wasn't right. So I, and was that, um, was that, was that the first time that, Anything like that had happened to you? Yeah. Like during the course of drinking, because I wasn't, I didn't used to drink every day, but then in the end I was drinking every day. Right. Um, So I wasn't sure if maybe I had experienced it before, but just didn't notice it, something like that. But um, yeah. Yeah. No, I I relate. I I, having. I had exactly, I mean, not the, not the attacked by somebody's roommate part of it, but I had the exact, (laughs) I had the exact sensation. That's why I was, I was just, I wanted to hear you. I wanted to hear you describe it here. Um, I don't know, just to hear it, but yeah, I, I I can relate, but see, so go on. Sorry, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of like this ultimate, like this doom feeling of like, sure. I, this feels really, really bad beyond yeah. reasons that are just kind of medical <laughs> and I sure. don't know why, but I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. So, um, I, like I checked my blood sugar during this time and I was fine. So I was like, all right, that's, it's not that. So I think I should probably get this checked out. So, um, initially I went to urgent care, um, okay. instead of the ER. So I went to okay. urgent care, um, and they looked at me and by this time I was not looking good as a yeah how many (laughs) well yeah i mean besides the beat up how many how many hours had it been since you'd put alcohol in your in your system i think at this point it had probably been about 10 hours oh okay about i think so this was like early afternoon um and i went to urgent care and when i I mean, I knew how bad I looked, but I didn't realize how bad it would look to a medical professional. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, sure. <laughs> oh, God. I was such a wreck. So I had two black eyes at the time. Um, oh, my I God. I had blood matted in my hair. Like, I, I'll actually, I can send you a picture. Please do. Yeah, send it. Please yeah, do send me that picture. I want to see it. I, and if you don't mind, I might even add it to the, the website here, unless you don't oh, want yeah. me to. <laughs> no, no, you totally can. Because this is like, okay. oh, shit. Like, I don't, some, someone's going through some stuff here. Um, <laughs> and like, so the reason I had, um, the reason I even took pictures of myself in the first place was because the nurse in 
um, the nurse at the urgent care was like, Hey, if you press charges, you should probably yeah. document your injuries. And I was like, I feel Oh, it. that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay. And it was at that point where I kind of first saw like how crazy I actually looked. Um, sure. the one photo I have is a side by side, uh, <laughs> of me. And I think when I was three years sober. Oh yeah. I would love to see that. That would be terrific. Okay. Um, okay. But, um, but so you, so you get admitted and they think that you're there. I mean, I'm assuming they're like, Oh, we got to take care of these injuries and stuff. And you're like, no, I can't stop shaking. <laughs> yeah. They, so they kind of, their big concern was they saw that I had two black, black, black eyes, eyes sure. and they were concerned that one of my eye sockets was cracked. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> They were like, hey, we can't, we don't have the equipment here for that. Like, you probably need to go to, like, an actual hospital. Like, are you okay to drive yourself, like, to another location? Right. Like, yeah, like, right. I'm fine. Like, I can do that. Um, and so it was at this ER, because it happened to be Valentine's Day, everyone right. was convinced that I was a victim of domestic violence. Okay, was sure, not sure. the case, even though I had... Yeah, even though you are all beat up. Very... <laughs> Um, so it was at that point, like they gave me, um, like an MRI to get a look at my, like if I had any broken places in my face, mm -hmm. um, sure. they gave me a piss test because they wanted to make sure that my kidneys weren't bleeding. Uh, and then they also right. gave me a tetanus shot for my hand. Sure. Uh, so that was the, kind of the, the rabbit cause the rabid human bite. Gotcha. Okay. The rabid human bite, which now I know <laughs> the exact date of my last tetanus shot too. So <laughs> kind of convenient. Got it. Uh, and it was during this time where like I think I had come back to like the room I was in or that they put me in and they said hey like we're gonna go wait for some results um right. I uh will be back and I that was kind of like the surrender moment of like I can't fucking do this anymore like you know and a lot of people have said like, well, you know, you got beat up. It's not your fault. And it's like, right. well, if I wasn't drinking excessively like I was, I probably would have been able to avoid that situation that did get me in this place. Sure. So that's, I think, where I kind of basically just collapsed into myself and called my mom finally and was like, hey, like, I think I need some help because okay. I don't really know where to go from here. <laughs> sure. Um, so what did you and do? Where did you go so, from there? Uh, so my mom, um, because my mom's a saint and I love her, um, she sure. flew out to Minneapolis the next day. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And was like, I'm the only child in this situation. Um, and I have step brothers and step siblings, but I was the only one that wasn't living in Washington State at the time. Okay. And and your um, your mom's, you're, so are you saying you're... You, you, you're your mom's only child or you have uh half brothers and half sisters with like a different dad uh i have step siblings so my mom just step. remarried okay. yeah sure um so so you're the only biological child basically is what you're saying yeah exactly okay okay um okay. so she got on a plane the next day and kind of went through the options with me right. of like you know, what are we going to do from here? Like, what right. do you think is the best thing? And I said, you know, I, I don't know. Like I've genuinely never been in this kind of a circumstance. So I'm not really <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> if 
is there like a book I can reference? I, I have <laughs> oh God, that's a perfect that's a perfect intro to be like, well, I happen to have a big book for you. But sorry, sorry. keep going. Okay. <laughs> is there a big book? Oh my God, yeah, no. it was perfect. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Um, so, and I was not in the best state at this point. Like this was like the three day hangover, basically that I had. Of course, and of course. The thing that didn't make it any better was at this point, uh, when I left the ER, they said, hey, we're going to give you a prescription to Vicodin for mm. your injuries. And sure. that's usually how people start sobriety is that they just start taking pills the same day. Uh, so... <laughs> that, wait, did, did you say that's, that is how they start it? Is that what you said? I think it usually is, but I don't know. I might be kidding on my behalf, but I know that might be similar for some other people. I think I think you're not wrong, but I I would I don't think I would say that that's how a lot of people do it. I'd say that's just I I would see that as potentially just trading one thing for another. But I I think I follow what you're saying there. There's some Vicodin maintenance for sure. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, shit. It was like, okay. and like, and I went. So I went to Walgreens the night before to like pick up prescriptions and stuff. And sure. I got, got some ice packs for my face and everything, sure. and I was not like, well, not the best looking person in that Walgreens no, I, that night. I, I, I can imagine all like everything about you is just like a dark cloud right then. I imagine. Plus, you're <clears throat> you're feeling physically ill. I bet. Um, and, yeah, that uh, I mean, with, I mean, with regards to the Vicodin, like, I mean, how would you do, would you describe that as like you took that and just started popping them like like candy or like did you just kind of use it per the re- recommendations to kill the pain? Um, I, I mean, I, it I, as recommended because sure. I never even when I was like kind of at my craziest with substance mm-hmm. abuse, I never messed around with pills. Yeah, um, I, I mean, either I was already on medication, so I didn't oh, want to sure. like screw anything else up that was like kind of already yeah already in there so um yeah and like i didn't and because i just hadn't had that much um experience with like painkillers or anything like that like the vicodin made me really cloudy like for a couple of days and was trying excessively hard to make my sentences correctly and make them make sense and it and even that felt like it was like a struggle so yeah no um, i feel you i i i similarly like even to myself i'm surprised at how little interest i ever had in that kind of stuff considering how much i enjoyed screwing my brain up so yeah i i just wondered how that yeah so 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 basically so from that day forward you just basically never had a drink is that what you're saying i have i have not had a drink since that day yeah. Right. Far out. So, and, and did, have you, uh, okay. So you, you described that as being like, it just got really bad the last few years there. What, I mean, what, what was your, what was your childhood like? I mean, were, were you around with your, your mom or your stepdad? Like was, was the environment like toxic or, or alcohol? Like, is there any background to it or did you just kind of find yourself alone for air quotes the first time and and just kind of sink into something unexpectedly right um honestly like my childhood wasn't that bad um i didn't really come from a toxic environment um i had like my parents were social drinkers but they were never um like openly inebriated in front of me or anything like that okay um 
And I think it wasn't really until like I was maybe 16 or 17 when I started kind of like drinking for the first time. Sure. Um, like a lot of people, right? Like kind of high school stuff. Exactly. Which I would always yeah. chalked up to like, well, all my friends are doing it and I'm doing it too. And therefore sure. it's fine. because <laughs> That's what sure. I'm expected to do. Um, and that was in, that's in Seattle, right? This was in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I look upon all of that, like, pretty fondly like I look back to those times that are like wow like just being stupid kids you know and it wasn't sure a time where like my life was falling apart because I had this safety net of parents and friends and things like and, that and, at the time and as an early as a as a teenager like that was there was there ever any like oh shit that was too far or incidents or anything or is it just truly like just funning around as a teenager I mean like, um, did you ever have parties where you're like we you know black out i guess that's my question were you blacking out even that at that point um i would say yes but not as often it wasn't a regular thing sure um i think there were i mean there were definitely some parties where kind of like everyone that was there went overboard um sure so it wasn't well usually yeah. just one person who oh uh, no i feel you i feel you i i, I had a similar I mean, every well, not everybody, but it seems like everybody has that kind of a history. And uh, I remember, as a you know, young or teenager, early twenties, you know, the the anecdote that if you if you black out, then that's an indication of problems. And I, I remember thinking mm -hmm. that's that's ridiculous. Everybody blacks out, so. <laughs> <that's> like, <laughs> but uh, but okay, so it wasn't. Yeah, so so basically, you're whatever having a, a nice model childhood or and, and teenagehood and um all the way through to that in in february of 2015 so it's kind of just turned into a, a nasty pimple that's popped is that a good way to put it yeah and there had been times where like i had abstained from alcohol for a while sure. like based on my own choices like for instance like when i got diagnosed with diabetes i quit drinking for like I think six or eight months. Sure. And then well, and sort of that crossed, produced it. Yeah. That crossed my mind when you were just describing that, that super dramatic night of like, how, how do you maintain your, your, you know, your blood sugar accurately if you're, you know, cause I, I'm going to guess you're not keeping super good track of how much alcohol you're consuming. Isn't that part of it? I mean, how did, how did that work for you? To be I was drinking a very, heavily? um, I don't I don't really know how to put it. I was very recklessly responsible. <laughs> sure. I, I like, that. I like um, that. So I always made sure to eat something or um, also have, like I always have snacks on me um, uh -huh. for whatever reason. Um, but, but like, wouldn't the alcohol out and about? I'm just, I guess I'm assuming that the alcohol would fuck with that in addition to the food. Am, am I wrong? I mean, I, I clearly don't, don't, <laughs> don't know very much about how diabetes works. So in most often, um, alcohol can lower your blood sugar. Um, okay. And what happens is that when you consume alcohol, it stops the production of something called glucagon uh, okay. in your system. Um, and or what, does it stop it or start it? <laughs> See, this is my problem. I can I can never keep track either. <laughs> I've tried to look. I've tried to look into it a handful of times just because of the the anecdotal thing from like the rooms of, of 12 step rooms where they're saying, you know, the, the closest analogy to, uh, 
the uh, idea of alcoholism and drug addiction as a as a disease is, is diabetes. So, you know, I've, I've tried to right. look into like, what, what so what exactly do you do to treat diabetes? And I get lost after a few minutes, like, I can't remember, is this up or down? Yeah, uh, whatever. whatever. Sorry, remember, go on, yeah. go on. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Um, so it was, it's mostly that it lowers your blood sugar. Um, okay. So that the eating during that whole time um, kind of like balances you out. So okay. I remember singing something like that and just always made sure that I was either eating something or the drinks I was drinking had some kind of a sugar level in it instead of uh, just no sugar so you, at all. So you're like a blood, you were like a bloody Mary person. <laughs> yes. I was a bloody Mary person and a vodka press person. Uh, gotcha. My, okay. No, and I can yeah, see yeah. how that would be recklessly responsible or whatever. Like I, I fully <laughs> can embrace the notion of like, yeah, I'm going to have these 17 drinks today, but I'm also eating these crackers and I'm fucking, I got this shit nailed people. So I can, yeah, I can yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not trying to die here. Like, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not planning to die. I just want to have some fun. Not yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it was, I mean, I kind of, I think most people also sort of, I think, like I was never confronted about it mostly because I was also really good at taking care of myself like when I was sober with diabetes. So okay. like no one would know I had it just because you can't really tell just by looking at me unless I'm like actively injecting or something like I that. Yeah, I feel um, you. I, I have a, I, ha, I know a couple people uh, similar who are like, when I see them pull out their kit, I'm like, what, what the fuck's going on here? And, you know, it's yeah, always a surprise. Got a so. Kit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. I get you. Um, so, uh, so back to like that date then, and 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 moving forward. So you, um. So your mom comes to get you and, and what, what did you guys decide to do? Like, what, what, what did you do in the immediate, you know, weeks and months following that day, that, that night? Um, so I kind of made like a contingency plan. Um, my mm -hmm. mom got into town, um, and I picked her up so she could stay with me. Um, mm -hmm. and we basically talked like, you know, how would you feel about entering like a program for, you know, going to inpatient for right. X amount sure. of days? And I said, you know, sure. I'm, I'm honestly open to that. I just have never done the kind of research needed to go do something like that. So, okay. um, like all Americans, the first thing I did was called my health insurance company. Oh uh, shit. Okay. I needed to know what was a network, um, because I was sure. on Obamacare at the time. Um, okay. and was, didn't really know where to start, but they basically gave me a list of, of numbers to call. Right. Um, one so of did, you things, wind, did you wind up in an inpatient place? I did. I did inpatient for uh, 28 days. Sure, um, sure. And I think I got in about eight or nine days after my sobriety date. Okay. Um, so there was like, you know, I was on a waiting list and then I also had to complete like a chemical assessment. Sure. You know, to yeah, no, I, 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 I did the whole thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I did yeah. two of those, in fact. So I, I know I know okay. what you're saying. So was this, was this, uh, did you come back home to Seattle for all this or where, where did all this take place? Um, I did this in Minneapolis. Um, okay. So sure. I was, uh, when I was in inpatient, I didn't have a phone. I, you know, I didn't sure. have anything like that. Uh, they sure. were very 
adamant yeah, no, about that's, that. So yeah, that, the um, second one I, I went to was the same way. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> um, and because of that, I also didn't tell anyone uh, where I was going because I immediately dropped off my social media. Um, okay. I like pre-wrote a rent check for the next month uh, right. so that it would just be there when the rent was due. Sure. Um, and everyone at this point um, had assumed and like that was what my boyfriend was telling people was, oh, she went back to Seattle for a bit. Got it. And Got it. that was you were, so normal for me. Your boyfriend knew, though. You were, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds like you were, you were, you were kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use the word hiding it, but that may not feel quite, quite accurate. But, but yeah, you were, you were basically keeping it close to the chest at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and he was able to come like visit me on the weekends and stuff. Um, sure. I was able to call him on like an outbound phone with like, uh, yeah. like a calling card and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was able to stay in touch with the people I wanted to stay in touch with. Sure. Um, and so, and, but, but, but you did the, I actually got out that I told yeah. people where I was. Yeah. And, 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 and you did, did the, the full, full 28 day thing. And, and I'm assuming most, most of those, they're, they're kind of structured around the 12 step, uh, approach, right? Is I'm assuming that's what, what they exposed you to there as well. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what was your, what was your feeling on all of that? Or how did that, how did you embrace or not embrace that kind of mentality um, or, or lack of a better, I don't know how to describe that to fit way, the way you would look at it, but how, how did you feel about that kind of stuff? Um, at the time I was, I mean, to be honest, I was scared out of my mind at that point. Of course. And they, Fuck yeah. a lot of people and a lot of programs um, in inpatient are kind of designed around keeping that fear um, <laughs> okay. because as long as you're afraid of the consequences, they think that you won't use. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I feel from their end, they said, you know, as long as you have a sponsor, if you go to meetings and if you work the steps, you'll stay sober. And I was like, right. all right, like that sounds reasonable. <laughs> like, sure. Um, I don't think any of the other people I'm in here with have been doing that. So sure. Like why not? Um, yeah. And, and, and there's, and they, and they, well, and it's hard inpatient to have this spirituality stuff, but what was your feeling on that? Right. Cause I, I assume they would do what could easily be described as lip service towards that. Although it could also veer towards feeling more genuine depending on, on, on the center and who's, who's approaching you. So, I mean, how, how did you feel about that? How, how did the spiritual aspect of, what they were presenting come across and how did you take it? I'm going to say there wasn't a real strong emphasis on spirituality. Okay. Um, from, there, from that, is, from where you were or, or I, I describe that a little more, um, please. I think like from like the program that I was in, um, okay. but they also did a lot of like things like mindfulness exercises sure. and like things sure. to kind of make ourselves more aware of ourselves. Sure. Um, that's funny. Would... Cause that's, that's kind of the way I embrace spirituality is through that kind of mindfulness, but it, that's, that's neither here nor there. Keep, keep, keep going, please. Yeah. Um, and so there were things that I was taking with a grain of salt, um, right. mostly because, and I don't bring it up often, but, um, 
I've known in the past that people who identify as someone who's atheist can mm-hmm. have, um, I would maybe say a challenging time embracing the aspect of spirituality, Fuck um, yeah. especially within the, the program. This is what I'm trying to get you to get to. So keep going, please. Okay. <laughs> um, and so during the inpatient, like, you know, I, I got my copy of the big book. I still have it here. Um, I highlighted everything. There's notes written in it, you know, the whole sure. thing. <laughs> sure. Um, I feel you. And, uh, and I have it. And it's like, that's, that's the tool that I have. Cause that was, mm-hmm. you know, primarily the first thing given to you, like upon yeah. this journey. Um, yeah. There, there are times though, where I have distanced, I've actively distanced myself from the program since mm-hmm. then. Um, mm-hmm. I was only in and actively taking part of AA. Um, I would maybe say the first 18 months I was sober. Sure. Um, and during that time, I was hearing a lot of things. Like I, I, I did the thing where I went, I would go to meetings and I would just take like the stuff that I needed. Um, sure. And I would apply that to my life in whatever way I could and would kind of, you know, ignore the rest. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's the healthiest thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so much content. I don't think people mm-hmm. realize that in a span of just like a one hour AA meeting that it's really <laughs> overwhelming a lot of the time. And it's like, I don't know what the fuck to focus on today. This is yeah. so crazy. Yeah. And everyone's having their moment, you know, and like, there's those meetings yeah. where one person starts to cry and then everyone starts to cry. It's like, oh, fuck. like are we going to dress this today? And it's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Um, yeah. But there were things in the big book literature that started to kind of, I'm not going to say rubbed me the wrong way, but sure. I felt like could have been put in different terms to be yeah. more welcoming towards the program. Um, and I yeah. remember there was one meeting I went to my home group was on Tuesday nights. It was in, it was weirdly enough in the church where I went to preschool. So my okay. wife had like come. That's, full that's funny. That that's time. really funny. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and so that, that answers the question of where you were. So you were, you were back, back home in Seattle at that point. Yeah, I had actually, um, I moved back home when I was about four or five months sober because I was, uh, I was convinced if I was going to stay in Minneapolis that I was going to relapse. Like sure. I actively felt that, um, sure. mostly from like a comedy perspective, from a relationship perspective, since sure. the guy I was seeing, like we had broken up, he wanted to continue drinking while I was on this journey to like not do that anymore. <laughs> right. Um, so there were a few reasons why I moved back, but I, that's ultimately what I ended up doing. Um, sure. I think at about five months sober. Um, sure. and, and so, and, and you're trying to do the deal and, and, and it was slowly starting to filter in that you weren't like, I, I don't know. It was just not, it wasn't, it wasn't working for you necessarily with the, the organized thing. Is, right. Is that, and I think it yeah. was a lot of, and like, I, I won't go into like, crazy specifics with it but like for no instance, yeah <laughs> yeah you don't need to i i actually i just recorded one with somebody recently who has we spent the entire like hour with them like just telling basically telling on all the bullshit that goes on in there um oh, so really you know, okay yeah, yeah 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 so i mean <laughs> I, I feel free to feel free to keep going on that i just mean we it's it, we for all my avid listeners all 11 of them they'll they will have already heard most of it <laughs> 
like during the time where I was noticing myself during meetings where my, my inner monologue would get okay. really active, yeah. where it would, where I was actively responding to things I was hearing in my head, sure. like it was sure. in the meeting. Um, one of them yeah. being, you know, we just, uh, the example the big book uses for uh, the higher power thing and to trust uh-huh. it is, uh, you know, we don't know how electricity works. Okay. You know? oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know what you're Turn saying. On the light, and uh, and there it is. And in the back yeah. of my head, I'm like, yes, we fucking do. <laughs> we have people <laughs> whose literal jobs are to do electricity. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't just I, happen. I can. You know? I can completely relate to that. I have the similar like eye rolling through a bunch of that stuff. So I know. I know exactly what you're. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Um, but but I want to. I want to. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, and then you look at the context behind all of it, and you're like, wow, sure. like, the last, like, serious revision of this was done by, like, yeah. a white dude yeah, before yeah, the yeah. last World War, and you're like, all <laughs> oh, right, yeah. this, this adds up, like, like yeah. I, seriously, no joke, every every sentence in uh, in the big book should just end with, you see, because it's like, <laughs> that's how I read it in my head, is like, these just old timers that, like, can't get it over with, you know? Yeah, I feel and, you. Oh my it's god! Hard to not, okay. It's hard to take it seriously beyond a certain point. Like, I, 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 and I completely... would hear it from other people. Oh um, yeah, and and, that, and honestly, that's part of why I'm doing this podcast is to I don't know. I mean, it, just to to give a forum for that and give people who have similar responses some other way to to at least talk about listen to this kind of talk about this. I don't want to say safely, but you know, without fear of judgment, I suppose. But, but I, I do want to go back to the the spirituality stuff. So what was your own, I mean, so are, 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 were you in the time when you were in the center, were you like, did you feel atheistic? Did you feel agnostic? Like what, what was, how did you Liz like square spirituality? Like what, what did that, how did you feel that way? Or what did you, I don't know what the right way to discuss spirituality is, but how, 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 did, how did you embrace, embrace that, that at that, that first, first, those first few weeks and months? Or did you? It, I think in the beginning, I was only really focusing on it if it was directly brought to my attention. Um, it, in, 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 sobriety, in, in your early sobriety or just in general? Yeah. Um, I think in early sobriety and uh, uh, if it was within like a structured program, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's um, my probably my least favorite topic uh, in the big book being the chapter uh, two agnostics. <laughs> sure, I feel um, you. Which is super condescending, um, and I remember going through that being like, "Nah, you'll you'll come around to it. Like you you, you want to stay sober, right? Like yeah, yeah, just just come on, you'll be fine." And I'm like, "I don't. Okay." So I felt like in a way <laughs> that it was telling me to kind of abandon this part of my identity that I had been Uh like very familiar with for a long time that like, I just didn't connect with God that much. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. (laughs) Um, And like my, my parents were raised Catholic, but then they didn't want to raise me like that because I think they saw what it did to them. Sure. Uh, So they were like, no, like, you know, very, very relaxed non-religious household that i was so yeah so so did you even do the like uh you know the the lax catholic like once or twice a year easter mass kind of thing or even were you even that far into it as a kid um 
as a kid, um, my grandfather, who was still a practicing Catholic at the time, he was Irish Catholic. Um, right. We would attend services with him on holidays. Um, but then after his passing, pretty much the only time we would be in like a place of worship was for either weddings or funerals. Funerals, yeah. Um, I, I, th- we have a very similar backgrounds here because that's I, uh, almost exactly, exactly my experience with 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 religion and oh, really? specifically catholicism yeah is just this very lax like I, I never got a sense of god or spirituality from it whatsoever so i don't i don't know if that's your experience but you know, i i was as an adult just completely like i never spent any time thinking about it until i was thrust into basically where you're talking about being in in a recovery center where they're like talking about it so much you're like jesus what is this all the time yeah yeah, yeah. like it's hard to get away from it <laughs> so then you start to think like should this be a part of my life like yeah like, so so what did you so so what did you do outside of that i mean i i, I described that i mean how how did you square that like you said it was only when it was thrust in your face that you even spent any time on it did did that ever change for you did it ever swap out and suddenly you found yourself with some weird like oh wait that was a spiritual moment or or what i've definitely had my weird spiritual moments okay um but i don't really know i would maybe i wouldn't maybe say spiritual but maybe more significant yeah well maybe how i i assume you're meaning like in sobriety like like describe describe one that I mean, just, you know, loosely describe that. Like, what do you mean by that? Um, okay. So when I, um, when I, <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> sober. Uh-huh. Um, when I got my first year sober, um, I got a tattoo, um, of the Jaguar shark. Uh, that's featured in the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Um, the the tattoo of what? The jaguar heart? Is that what you said? Uh, jaguar shark. Oh, shark. Okay. Yes, yes. No, that's terrific. Okay, sorry. <laughs> go on, go on. Um, and I made an appointment to get it done, um, and it turned out that the guy who ended up doing it, I had a brief passing with in high school, because he at one point also had gone to rehab. Okay. So we had this like weird connection of like people we knew in the same part of Seattle that we lived in. And then like randomly had been in the same places at the same time, but didn't really know each other. Um, And at the time I think he had like nine months or something and I was at a year. Um, And I think that was kind of one of those moments where it was like, Hey, like there's maybe a reason you did this. But I also think at the same time, it's not like the universe around me is cognizant of my actions at the same time, I think. Um, Okay. And I think that's where a lot of times people can get lost in AA because there were, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been to where someone starts off with like, you know, I, I just really needed a place to live, you know? And I, talked to my higher power and the next day I got a phone call yeah. and I got the apartment. I was like, no, you yeah. just, you just got yeah. a phone call. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I, I, you, you, <laughs> I, I'm going to say preach sister. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I have a, 
it is a a weird paradox to you know sit and 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 even sit in that feeling of like was that just a coincidence or was that like something more meaningful and you know yeah. I, I i well i don't even know if square this is is an accurate way to put it but i <laughs> i kind of just like it's kind of both and neither one makes a difference cuz i still got to just walk through my life and be present so however yeah. i describe it as a narr- you know as, however i want to f- build a narrative around it is kind of up to me and up to how people want to see it but either way is kind of the same thing in the end i i don't know if that that's how i square that i don't even know if that makes any sense but um yeah because at the same time like i'm not trying to, i don't i never usually try to dissuade people from like going to aa or like being right. on a spiritual plane but i do also feel the need to be honest with people about saying hey here's what worked for me and here's what yeah. really did not work for me because in the end the reason I stopped going was because I reached kind of the epiphany afterwards of like I don't think this is actually keeping me sober like I don't think this program alone I don't think getting a sponsor I don't think working the steps because I had just gone through my fourth step and holy buckets that was where (laughs) I was learning where a lot of people had backed out of AA completely right no, sure. no one had told them about the fourth step, you know, and it was sure. Well, it's that one, two, three, and then four, you're out the door, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this? You know, I was like, well, you got to make some lists. I'm like, all right, this doesn't sound so hard. And they're like, all right, you need to list everything you did wrong, all your resentments, all of your fears, your entire sexual history. And I was like, well, that's body. Like, who? We're not like we're drunk, man. Like, yeah. you think we've been keeping track of this? Like, okay. Yeah. And yeah. it was doing all of that and having it kind of look back at me in the face of being like i don't know if this if doing these activities is the one thing um that's preventing me from drinking like that that was kind of where i split it in my head i was like i saw drinking as one thing and then being an aa which is if i want to be around other people that are like Mm -hmm. me that that's where i need to go that that's sure. where I will find other people. Ooh, um, okay. So, so wh- how do you embrace that part of it? Because that that is true, right? I understand the like uh, uh, the, the 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 compromise you or we make by well, I want to be around a bunch of other sober people, so I guess this is what I do. And and clearly, you you decided, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find some other way. So, what have you done? I mean, how did you square that, or did you just kind of give up trying to be around sober people? Um. Well, in some ways, I'm just going to say that I kind of lucked out. Okay. Um, my uh, my best friend in Brno um, also doesn't drink. Okay. Um, so we had kind of that to go off, like when we start, like first started to get to know each other, and I was okay doing the thing where like, oh, I can hang out freely with this person and I don't have to be around other people that are asking me, why don't you sure. drink? Which is also yeah. a common thing here. <laughs> oh gosh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I want to get to, oh, I want to yeah. get to your, I want to get to your trip to the Eastern block there in a minute, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like, you know, I'll go to a meeting for an hour a week. Like that's fine. Like if it gets me to be closer to people that are actually my friends now, like people who I identify mm-hmm. as friends, sure. um, then that's okay with me. But sure. I don't feel as if I need to rely upon it anymore. 
Interesting. Um, I, I like that. I like that term there too. I, 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 uh, I think that also underlies some of why I'm doing this podcast is, is squaring that sensation building inside me. I mean, I've been sober for started this at 10 years on my 10 year birthday. I, it was the first time I recorded and, uh, Oh shit. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I feel like I absolutely relate to everything you're saying. Um, and, and okay. So, when you first took that, like, I, I don't know, was this a conscious thing or did you just kind of look up one day and you're like, huh, shit, I haven't really felt the need to go to a meeting for a few weeks. Is this dangerous? I mean, how, how did you walk through that little period there, you know, within two years of being sober? Um, I was really, I came about it at a, from a really rational approach sure. and like very analytical because at the time I was at a good place in the relationship I was in, I was feeling mm -hmm. strong. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel like the need to drink. Um, and that sure. I haven't maybe felt in about two and a half years. Yeah. Since the last time I felt like where I was actively shutting myself away from people and kind of hiding in my room because I knew that that was right. something that I couldn't do. Right. Um, and it was during that it was during that time within that, that 18 months or so that I felt like, you know, I think I have what I need. I know that AA is there if I right. need it. Um, right. I know that there are people there that I know um, right. if I need to connect with someone. Um, and I think from there, that's kind of how, I mean, of course, like, you know, AA doesn't endorse like the outside help. So during this time, <laughs> I was also seeing a therapist and, um, no. and whatnot. Well, and I feel like that's, that's kind of meeting a group specific. Cause I, I feel like a lot of mm -hmm. groups that I, that I go to have the poll they're like, yeah, you got to seek outside help. So I, those kind of things, I feel like uh, those are just the unfortunate rooms. Sometimes people, you get in a group of people who are too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're too ardent about the, oh, the 12 steps. And you're like, take it down. And oh Paul, it's just about drinking. I mean, there's, we all have other psychological problems and, and yeah, so, man. yeah. So, and it's, and I don't want to like put people in like a corner here, but like, it's yeah. usually people that have more than 20 years of sobriety. That I <laughs> no, that's true. But I don't, I, 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 I resist the urge to just use this as a bitch session about a lot of fun stuff like that, but I completely know what you're talking about. Um, like the very so, fundamentalist AA attitude. Yeah, that's that's fine. It has its place and it has its audience, but it's not me. <laughs> that's how right. I kind of square that when I hear them going off, people going off like that. But uh, um, <laughs> but okay, so I mean, it. I, I, the reason I keep banging on the on the spiritual stuff is I I, I loosely structure this uh you know these these conversations around like you know what was your sense of spirituality before you got sober and then in your early sobriety and then how is it compared to today and and i'm i'm going to go out on a limb and say you're kind of in the same spot you were more or less uh when you first got sober and when it comes to spirituality like it's i mean is there do you do you uh walk around today with a, a active sense of spirituality in any way or or do you do what do you do for yourself today that you would earmark as like this is kind of pointed towards my recovery and staying sober is there any kind of practice or any kind of activity you do today to help yourself through that 
Yeah. Um, one of the things I actually still do is I still take stock at the end of the day. Oh, okay. Um, that was a that was a process that stuck with me about taking taking inventory. Okay. Um, Just like and, mentally, or do you actually like journal about it? Um, I'll do it mentally. I used to. I mean, I have my entire journal from rehab. Um, sure. I was constantly yeah. writing when I was oh. there. Oh, me too. And I made the mistake of reading it a couple years ago. Whoo, boy. <laughs> oh, God. I just got it out for a friend of mine who's going to be going into inpatient soon. Okay. Uh, and it is real. It is an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. How else to put it. it is real crazy. Every, like, sure. I was writing everything down. Everything. Oh, me down. too. Oh, me too. Yeah, and, I feel uh, <laughs> A lot of details there. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so you're, you do still like a, I, don't, I mean, well, I'll put it in the terms that some people, you know, a 10 step kind of thing, an inventory at the end of the day. Um, yep. And okay. it's not so much like, I wouldn't really, and, uh, I would say it's maybe me just asking myself like one question sure. and it's, um, what did I do right today? Nice. And like that. that can be, and I've told people that, you know, that have, come to me in the past, like, you know, I'm thinking about quitting drinking, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff. And what do I do? Um, and I've told them like, Hey, like, so at the end of the day, ask yourself, like, what did you do right today? And that can be something like really, really small and infinitesimal. That could be, I returned a text message today. That right. can be, I did my bills on time. I went to work today and I put myself out there and I am satisfied with the job that I did today. Um, right. but the one thing I get excited about during the day is when I am taking stock, I can say, Hey, I didn't drink today. So that's nice. something that I can always say during that. And I think that's, that's maybe one of the things that keeps me going of being, I mean, not the only thing, but the one thing where I can say, Hey, I want to make sure that I'm able to say that later yeah. tonight. Like when I'm doing this for myself. So. That's, I, that's really sweet. I, I, I like that. Um, I like that. I, uh, I, do you, do you, uh, I guess you already answered this, but I'm going to ask it again. Do you, do you have thirst anymore? I mean, back to the period when it all fell apart. I mean, you are now sitting after three weeks and an unforeseeable amount of time in the future isolated. And I mean, it sounds like you drank not unlike me during that period where isolated and alone was a perfect excuse to just get hammered. I mean, how, the how, perfect is this, excuse. Yeah. So is this how, how, I mean, this is a, there's, there's like a one note question, but how, how are you handling that right now? Um, to be honest, I'm doing okay. And I think it's Good. because my life, um, outside of quarantine is not that different from what I'm doing in quarantine. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you mean exactly? Oh, what I do you stay mean? home all the time. <laughs> oh, well, you are an expat, right? Like you're you're in a foreign country. I don't know how big Brno, Brno is, but uh, you know, is it a million people or is it? I mean, I I was in the Czech for a few days during my honeymoon back in the late '90s, and it was cool. I was in Prague. It was you know beautiful yeah. and awesome, but it was also like so confusing. Like they don't use latin based language so i couldn't even like decipher shit on the the road signs so i how are oh, you yeah. dealing with that <laughs> like i'm i think i'm doing okay like Brno has Brno has a large student population here um okay. so there are a fair amount of younger people 
Um, okay. So the general attitude towards like, like school and socializing and drinking and stuff is like fairly positive. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I would say I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing okay. And the only time that I think I, it really starts to like kick at me when is when I encounter someone who then decides to do the, I'm going to do 30 questions with Liz and get to the bottom of why she's not drinking tonight. Oh, and, for real. So you have to, you have to, you have to deal with that, that, endure that kind of stuff. I don't, that would, that would drive me fucking nuts. It is crazy because here, like, and no joke, two years ago, they had to pass a law here that made water cheaper than beer. Like, oh my God. beer used okay. to be so inexpensive here, and it still is. Like, and it's, I, sure. I don't, and I'll say this too, like, I never would have moved here if I had thought that I didn't have my sobriety intact because sure. I, I spent a long time trying to convince my mom, like, you know, I'm not just doing this to like, go drink right this is like a really elaborate plan to relapse if that was the case no i i i appreciate that you actually confronted that i i appreciate that you you actually confronted that with your mom because that i could see that especially if she came and kind of was there at your lowest point i can see her being like uh liz please what are you doing don't leave the country so yeah i, I, I appreciate that you like actually were like no this isn't that um yeah, that's not yeah. what this is. Like, this is way bigger than me, you know? Like, yeah. this was yeah. this was bigger than the need to drink and everything like that. And it's mostly no, here because you. drinking is such a social thing here. Like, and, sure. and it, it is in all the European countries, but it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. And it, every time I... Because my... my like I said, my work sent me to Italy. We have facilities there. I've been there a couple of times. And, and yeah, I, it's the only time I have to be like explain myself beyond like no thanks i'm not drinking or no thanks i don't drink you know i i've i've had to actually be like uh because i'm an alcoholic and and they just they look at me like i'm speaking a completely different language you know well i am i guess technically but like i'm from another like i'm from (laughs) but like i'm from another planet of just like okay well just you know uh i don't know what to say about that so we'll just move on i guess and i wonder okay as you're saying that, where you have to deal with the 30 questions to Liz, I wonder how much of that isn't just because of, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that those are dudes that keep, that are, are questioning you constantly. Yeah. It's mostly dudes. Because yeah. I, 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 I felt like that immediately. Like that sounds like a dude thing to do. I don't. And I don't also women just don't give a shit. Like women do not care. And usually if it's, if I am getting questions from a woman, it's because they're wasted. And Uh, (laughs) then I kind of have to feel this, like, you know, why aren't you drinking? I was like, well, I don't drink. And they're like, at all? And I'm like, no. They're like, so you don't drink like beer? And I was like, did I need better? (laughs) Like, I don't know how to go. Like just, and I think it's because they see drinking as such a social camaraderie experience that when yeah. someone isn't doing it, it's immediately yeah. weird, which I understand. Yeah. That I do too. Yeah, I do too. You yeah. know, and th- uh, fucking uh, Jim Gaffigan has that, I mean, and I'm going to quote him here from like 2001 in his Comedy Central special or whatever, but he sure. has that stupid joke about like, you know, no one ever asks you why you don't abstain from any food unless it's alcohol. Like, right. no, they only do it with booze because no one's going to say, hey, uh, you're, you're not eating any mayonnaise? why <laughs> are you addicted to mayonnaise 
you know, like no one's, no one ever does that with anything else, you know, and it's it's something that I encounter, but it's also, I, it's hard to kind of blend in here more because of that. So I do pick out, I'm the person like ordering water at a bar. (laughs) Yeah. I, all of those things. Well, and and I guess we should touch on, you know, why, why are you spending times at bars? Right. Cause I mean, the, the reason that I'm even connected with you in any way is loosely through comedy, right? Like I, I, I started some festivals a couple of years ago and, and I just, you were one of the hundreds of people that I amassed after that on Facebook, just, through peripheral oh, yeah. friends of friends, loosely comedy related. I, I'm not even sure if we have ever even interacted other than a handful of times on, on social media. Right. Like I, 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 right. I was trying to convince myself that we met in person, but I don't think I was in Seattle when my friends were in Seattle and they actually met you. So full disclosure, yeah. I don't think we even know each other, but, um, okay. but that, <laughs> that does explain you know, to anybody listening who's like, well, why the fuck go to a bar in the first place? But if you're doing comedy, which you're still, you're still doing comedy even in, 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 uh, in Czech, right? I or am, yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's difficult to do because the shows are, I would say limited. Um, there's not a lot of sure. stage time where I'm at. <laughs> um, yeah. but because there's also no comedy clubs here, all of the, like all of the shows are in bars. All of the sure. like, there's a there's an absinthe bar in Brno that I've done shows at. Like there's right. like some weird right. places in uh, in Vienna I've done shows. And so there's yeah. a handful of these places that their primary like their primary function is is alcohol above okay. anything else. It's never yeah. comedy and then booze. It's always booze. And then like, and then whatever, comedy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and let's be clear. That's also what a comedy club is. It's just trying to make it one note. <laughs> right? I mean, and maybe but, some comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, yeah. um, yeah. And that's a, I, I can also relate with that aspect of it, of like, you know, feeling, so I wonder, you know, and, and, and I do want to wrap up here. I, I, I feel like we've talked oh, sure. a lot, but, um, Early in your sobriety, so you were already doing comedy when you were in Minneapolis. I, I'm assuming you had started comedy long before you got sober. Is that true? Um, yeah, I was. I think four years into comedy when I got sober. Okay. Okay. So when you got um, sober, how long after you had come home from rehab and and started to like walk around in the world and feel like you had your legs under you again? How long before you found your way back into because into a into a bar scenario like that. I mean, what what was your how did you approach that? Um it was at least 30 days for sure. Mm-hmm. Um sure. which I was kind of weird about <laughs> yeah, because my marked on your calendar, okay, 30 days and I could go back to wherever uh, <laughs> yuck yucks. yucks. <laughs> <laughs> um and from uh from the feedback I was getting from inpatient and then the outpatient I was doing mm. after they mm-hmm. were very adamant that if I was going to stay sober, I would have to quit comedy. Yeah, and, uh, I'm sure they were. I'm I'm convinced that that would. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It, I'm sure it was they were very much like you know this is your life now. You know if you're going to continue yeah. with this, you know you can't go back to that life. And I'm like, yeah, I can't right. go back to that life, but I can still do comedy. You know, and right. I have I have maybe 15 minutes about being sober, but I can't do that over here because no one relates to it. So <laughs> oh, oh, over in check. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I definitely lost like a half hour of material after a year. Uh, <laughs> that dynamite, that, like, that 
your dynamite <laughs> sobriety shit all had to get trashed. Damn it. <laughs> it all got trashed. Yeah. Like I can maybe do it if there's like, I'm like, who's sober in the audience? And they're like, can the sign sober though? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the sober person awful. will, they'll, they'll be quiet. They're the ones who are not responding. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because then they're just yeah. going to ask me 30 questions about why I'm not exactly. drinking. And I'm like, right, exactly. Right. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, I would say it was definitely about 30 days, and I was careful to, like, ease back in. Like, I wasn't staying out after, like, I would do my set and then I would leave. Yeah. Like, I would hang out with the people I used to hang out with, but, like, in a limited capacity to where sure. I was comfortable. Um, situations where, like, I would always make sure I was going to have my car with me so that I could yeah. leave just whenever <laughs> I needed to. Sure. <laughs> uh, sure. Like I always had a way out. Um, but I think the first show that I did after getting out of rehab was actually in a comic book store in okay. Minneapolis. Um, okay. so, so it was kind of the right setting in that circumstance to like, uh, like, you know, Sunday night show, like early in the evening, like, <laughs> no one yeah. sitting shit house, you know, until like later yeah. in the night. So I could do my yeah. set and then leave. Um, yeah. but I think the longest time I've gone since getting sober without doing any time is maybe about two or three months. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but that so do you do, is that, uh, I, 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 this is kind of random. Is, do, do you see uh, the performing as um, um, helping with your sobriety in some way? Um, I wouldn't maybe say it's helping, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's being harmful to it. Sure. And, and um, helping, helping is a weird way to put that. I guess I'm, I'm thinking more, uh, well, okay. Cause back to when you were first, you know, in, in, inpatient, outpatient, and they're like, well, you're going to have to change all your, all of your surroundings like this. <laughs> like, um, there's a reason why you couldn't let that go. There's a reason why you're like, no, nah, I, I don't think, think so. I think I'm going to figure out a different way. Like what, what, what about it? was drawing you back, I guess is more what I'm getting at. Like what, what does it feed for you? And does that in any way reflect on your, 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 your sobriety, your recovery since then? Um, I think it for sure. A couple of things. One was that I, I have a really strong writing background, like outside mm -hmm. of comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt weird to like, not talk about what I had just experienced. Right. Um, and it didn't feel like a blog post. Like it didn't feel like this, like epic poem, you know, or whatever. Sure. Um, it was something that I wanted to be like animated about and like kind of bring attention to, um, right. because that's what, what I had been doing with comedy for so long. Um, and then also I think it was, a large part when I mean, and any comic can can verify it. But after a while, you know, comedy becomes your social life, whether or not you like ah, it. Ah, yeah, yeah, and I feel you. Like the majority of your friends are there, whether or not they do it. But a lot of times, you're in the same place with the same people multiple right. nights a week. Got it. So, kind of like developing this, um, I don't know what to call it, like developing like this position within like the comedy community in Minneapolis at the time, it felt oh. really weird to like, just kind of have 
my own environment that was just me, like my sober environment versus something right. else that I could like share with other people, if that makes okay. sense. Sure. So, okay. So that then you left and you're, I mean, back to how you're dealing with it today. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I'm beating a dead horse here. I mean, you, you, you're, <laughs> you're doing it the best you can and, and, and keeping yourself. I mean, it sounds almost like you're using it as a way, not using it, but it's, it is a way to help keep you sane while you're in isolation over in, in the check. Cause I, I, like you oh, said, sure. prior to quarantine, it's not significantly different than what it was before quarantine, right? You could just go outside freely but you're still yep. kind of all, all alone. And that's kind of what I was doing was I, I would get home from work and I would not go back out. So <laughs> would, right. uh, there wasn't that big of a difference. And I think, you know, having the, the telecommunications options that we do now, given that like right. Zoom has become this huge thing, you know, in the last right. two and a half weeks sure. uh, for everybody, which has been really sure. cool. Um, right. So it's initially I thought like, oh man, it's going to be tough, you know, to stay in touch with people, but you know, we're all online in the same place, having the same meltdowns as everybody else. So that's kind of, right. kind of great. <laughs> um, helps me not feel so alone, but also I also like having control over my environment here. So sure. Uh, like a, like my little safety net, I guess. Cool. Well, I guess the last thing I want to, I want to say is like, or ask what, uh, how, how, I mean, what's your projection for the next few years for you specifically? Like, are you, are you planning to just live in Bruno, uh, indefinitely or, or what, what, how do you foresee the next few years for yourself? Well, I've honestly, I've, <laughs> I've joked about it and it's just become not a joke anymore, but I would, right. I, I would tell people, well, I'll just wait till the 2020 election and see how that pans out. And it's fucking uh, not looking good. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm at least kind of joking that I'm planning here to be here through the, for the next four years. Um, huh. okay. And if once I'm here for five years, um, I can officially get uh, permanent residency so that my, um, my immigration here no longer depends on my job, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. um, and then after 10 years, I think I can officially apply for Czech citizenship if that's the case. Um, far out. Far but, out. um, as of now, like, you know, there were plans, uh, you know, this year that I've kind of had the shell for now, like I was going to go back to Seattle in August, not super sure if I can do that now. Um, Just a visit. I, just a visit, yeah, and then yeah. some like vacation plans um, right. got canceled as well. I had tickets to uh, Pearl Jam and the Pixies in Northern Italy, but I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> wow, that sounds like that would have been a dynamite thing. Damn, that that is too bad. I know. Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna go to that. That's gonna be my my vacation for myself. And then yeah. they haven't canceled it yet, but I'm just gonna, you yeah, know, no. I'm just gonna assume it's canceled. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um. But yeah, like in terms of like sobriety, like I feel strong, like I don't feel, I feel like shit would have to get really out of hand for me to even like remotely entertain the idea of me going back to something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel good. Like I'm hoping to get back to visit at least sometime. Sure. <laughs> no. Depending on when I could leave the country. So. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I feel you. 
Well, that's that's a good way to wrap it up, I'd say. So uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to connect up with me here, Liz. And I, I hope the audio on this works out. It, it You know, it's a Zoom recording, so well, fingers crossed I can make it sound really awesome. But um, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for you. sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And um, yeah. if you need to re-record, um, I, I <laughs> you're free. Into the ground as far yeah. as I can. Uh, I'll be around. Okay. Nice uh, work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, thanks. It's been really awesome talking about this because I don't have an opportunity to really do that a lot anymore. So yeah. Really I, cool. Yeah. And I appreciate, I, I, I thank you so much. I, 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 we canceled a couple weeks ago and it partly was because of the whole quarantine or social isolation. And that's why I reached back out. Cause I was like, this is just going to keep happening. We should just move, at least talk about shit. Like it's not happening or, or you know, talk about other shit. So again, I really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of your night, Liz. Yeah. Thank you. You as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Did you hang up? I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Liz. Um, you know, I, my, I'm, I feel what I assume a lot of you out there are feeling, that everything today is more or less one note. We're all concerned about the same thing, the, the lack of understanding of what's happening or, you know, clarity of what's coming and, you know, just the general sense of unknown, which... Ironically, is the kind of thing that we, you know, those of us in recovery especially, deal with all the time, right? We, we, we can't control the unknown. The future is unknown. We have to live in the moment. All of those things. And, and being socially separated from one, another, one another makes us, you know, especially more trying and anxiety-riddled. And, and I hope this conversation with Liz was a nice respite from it, you know, at least a reminder of what life was like for a little while and can be again in the future you know through the prism of, of sobriety and recovery and um yeah if you uh you know if you want to reach out i'm here you can find me on facebook you can you can find me you contact me through the contact us link on the ease-drop.com web, website um and you know if you go there please take a second like me on itunes or like the podcast on itunes that's awesome but um yeah, you know, we're, we're all in this together, and um, I really appreciate each and every one of you, and, uh, you know, stay strong. We can, we can all make it through this, and, um, yeah, I, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of, uh, the rest of your day. Drop.